Hey everyone, welcome and thanks for tuning into our podcast. Our purpose is that you understand that community is not just a novel idea. Community is not just a fad. Community is biblical. Let me say that again. Community is what they did in the Bible. If you look in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, one accord. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came and it, it filled the upper room where they were. The upper room, there were 120 people that were in that room. When Jesus ascended off the, off the top of the Mount of Olives and, and descended into heaven, right before he did, he said, Go and wait until you're endued with power. So when they went to this room, they didn't know everything that was gonna happen, but what flowed out of that room is what make a di- made a difference in the entire community. Because the Bible, sometimes as Pentecostals, lean in a little bit, we are Pentecostals. As Pentecostals, sometimes we err on, we want the power, but we fail to remember that the power is what made them a part of a specific community. Because that community, it says, turn the whole world in that day upside down. So that day that they were all filled with power, Peter stands up and he gives this wonderful sermon. And he talks to these group of people that are there and there's a massive crowd that's there. And when he explains to them the way of salvation, he tells them and he gives them this promise. He doesn't just get up, he says, hey, there's a promise for you and for every child after you. Those that become way, way beyond, that's us. The promise is to be filled with power. But then what happened out of that, you realize is what flowed out of that is this community of faith that made a difference in the world around them. Look in Acts chapter two, verse 42, it says, they, they devoted themselves to this, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and, and many wonders and signs and were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added, you say added? It says the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Thing I want to get you to, to understand today is, is we have to look around us and just ask ourselves a simple question. Uh, you know, what do we want in a circle? What exactly do we need in a circle? Because some of us haven't even looked around and saw who's sitting in our circle. Because your circle of friends, your circle of influence, the people that you, you surround yourself, guess what? They matter. So today, I want to encourage you, check your circle. Check the, who's, who's, who you're surrounding yourself with. Check the voices that you're listening to around you. Because when we look back in scripture, we realize that, that those people, when they came together and were filled, they were filled and they did life together. There was something powerful about the community they were part of. They were connected. See, right now in this day and age, we are more connected than ever before. But we're also more alienated than ever before. We're so connected in, in, in devices and in ways that, man, I'm connected. I've got so many friends. I, I, I had at one point more than, I, had, I, I, had all, I have all these people that are in my Facebook feed. If you're one of those people that I haven't said yes to your friendship, guess what? Sometimes it was so, it went beyond 5,000. Well, you can't go beyond that. So I was like, whatever. And then I looked at it and I go, I don't even know half these people. Oh, I'm connected. And they'll comment, and they'll like, and they'll send different, different message to me every once in a while. We're connected, 
But here's the problem. If we're alienated, then we're isolated. And if we're isolated, what that happens is we become lonely. 54% of all Americans experience this thing called loneliness. And loneliness is a real deal. Lean in. Loneliness is not God's plan. Loneliness is the result of a lack of meaningful relationships. And here's the answer. Jesus came to be what? The answer to this thing called loneliness. He became life and came to live inside of us. And when we realize that he is alive in us, that's what makes a difference in the world around us. He doesn't want you to be alone. He wants you to live in community. He wants you to live in a place where you understand that you have people that are not just for you, but people that are with you. There's a difference. The people are for you. Yeah, I'm for you. Yeah, I got your back. But when you go to move your house, are they there? Come on, that's a good one to laugh at. You know what I'm saying? When you're changing your tire, are they there? When you got to do something in your yard, are they there? I got some friends, I'm like, hey man, I got some tile to put in my house. They're like, they show up, you know what I'm saying? Or you got to put the floor down in the house. Come on, some of those people show up, then you know the difference between someone that is for you. They're like, they like that picture on Instagram, but they're not in the picture. Hello? There's a difference between being for and being with. And when Jesus came into this world, he didn't want to just come into this world to be for you. He wanted to be with you. Can you say that? Say this this with me. Say, Jesus is with me. So if he's with me, then he is the answer to, to this thing called loneliness. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ changes everything. Do you believe that today? Come on, clap if you believe that today. So we think about that. Jesus came for this purpose in John chapter 10. He said, I've come into this world. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. That word life there is, is the word zoe. And it basically means this, fully alive. Jesus came so that you could be fully alive. Jesus came so that your life could have purpose in meeting. And when we understand that and we realize that, wait a minute, he came that I could be fully alive, then I've got to understand that I'm, the, the moment that I'm mostly alive or fully alive is this, when I live in community. And that's when we got to look at it and go, okay, so if the moment I'm fully alive is when I live in community, then I've got to realize that, that loneliness is the result of what? Of a lack of meaningful relationships. If loneliness is the result of a lack of meaningful relationships, then we've got to realize that, that um, streaming a service online is not the answer for relationship. Instagram is not the answer for relationship. Some people live and they're like, I'm in relationship. No, you're in relationship with Apple. You might be in relationship with Samsung, but face-to-face interaction changes everything. How many know that for a fact? Come on, Clive, you understand what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. I love it when people, more people in this room that are, that are new to this house will actually watch us online because they check us out before they come in. Sometimes they check us out because they wonder how Pentecostal we are. They want to know if we're swinging from the ceilings or got trampolines or different things like that. No, we're normal. We're not weird. We just love Jesus and, and, and we, just, we just want to be real. Is that good? Is that okay to say? Come on now. And I don't know about you, man. I look at churches online and I, I kind of like watch what they're doing and I go, you know, I can, I can connect with that. That is a connection point, but that's not the end game. The end game is relationship. When it comes to being a part of community today, the end game is relationship. Here's why. Acts chapter two, verse 47. If you look in 247, 
um, when, when Peter explains to, to the church, he explains to them, this is what they're for, but he says this. He says, and the Lord added to the church those who were being saved. It was the Lord that added to the church. The word church there is the word ecclesia. It means called out. How many love Jesus? Come on, clap if you love Jesus. Why do I do that? I do that because I, I want you to understand this. The only reason you can say that you love Jesus is because you've been called by him. It's because he called you. It's the Holy Spirit that drew you into this thing called relationship. So if I'm called out, I'm called out to be a part of the church. That word church actually is an invitation to fellowship with Christ, but also it's a fellowship with people. It's not an isolation thing. It's not, I believe, therefore I have arrived. No, Jesus did not come simply to save us from something. He came to save us into something. And that into something is what we're talking about today. Into something is relationship. He has called you to be a part of a community of faith. Not keep it at arm's length, but be a part. Not say I'm for it, but to say I'm with it. How many wants to be with it? Come on now. Oh, what are you saying, Pastor? Here's what I'm saying. Some people might think, well, well, if, if I look at this and you're saying, Pastor, I want you to be a part of a circle, then I've got to ask a simple question. Some of you might be asking this question. This question, why should I be in a circle? Your big question may be why. And I think you're asking the wrong question because why is not the right question to ask. The right question to ask is what do I, what do I need in a circle? Because if I can understand what I need, then I, that will answer the why. Because what I need has to be greater. What we want for you is always greater than what we can ever expect from you. Because what we want for you is to be fully alive. What we want to do is walk with you so that you can understand what being fully alive is. So when the scripture uh, in Acts chapter 2 verse 41, it says, those who accepted the message and were baptized. Can you say Baptized. So today, if you have not been water baptized, next week, show up, bring your prayer shorts. Bring a, bring, you don't even have to bring a towel. We've got a towel. I've got a t-shirt for you. Get in the tank. I'm telling you, it'll be warm. I guarantee you, it'll be warm. It'll be on the stage. And we will baptize you. Why? Because when you believe the message, you have to get baptized. Some people believed when they were 10 years old and they got baptized. And they have no idea what that meant. And then they lived for themselves for all those years. And then they came back to Christ. And they're like, should I get baptized again? My answer is Yes. How many believe that's the right answer? Come on now. So it says that they gathered together. They, they, they did what? They devoted themselves and they were baptized. Those who accepted the message were baptized and about 3,000 of them were added to the church that day. So what do I need in a circle? Here's what you need in a circle. The first thing I believe that you need in a circle is circles are all about who you are connected to. There is no better people on the planet to be connected to than the church. Let me say that again. There is no, no better people on the planet that you should be connected to than followers of Jesus. How many love hanging out with followers of Jesus? Come on now. See, when I don't hang out with followers of Jesus, they use language that's just unbelievable sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and, and sometimes I hang around believers and I'm like, you still talk like that? There's, this is, that's not a part of the message. That's just an added input in there that sometimes you gotta check your circle because sometimes you talk like your friends and you don't talk like your Jesus. Because if he is with you, then he's gonna impact you. Then he's gonna do something in you and not just in you, but through you. Do you want Jesus to do something through you? So then what do I need in a circle? I need meaningful relationship. 
When they said that they were devoted, that means steadfast, continual, to wait on constantly. How many has been waiting on your, your let's not go there. Wait, I was going to say waiting on your wife. You know what I'm saying? Every single, I don't wait on my wife. I just get in the car and drive to church. You know what I'm saying? She comes after me. <laughs> Hello? We take two cars. Hello? Oh, there you go. Because that's just the plan. Because I like, whatever, let's go on. I'm just meddling. But what are you saying? What are you, I, I, I mean, sometimes I wait on constantly to be courageous for it. That was just an added thing. It's hard to be devoted to one thing when you're absolutely devoted to another. See that word constant, consistent. Meaningful relationship is consistent. Meaningful relation is something that takes investment, something that you have to be intentional about. So you can't just show up every once in a while and think you have a meaningful relationship with somebody. It'd be like, I'm gonna get married and I'll see you next month. That's called the Navy, okay? No, I'm just, that happens. All my Navy people clap, you understand what I just said, you know what I'm saying? Now, in that context, it's okay because you know what you married into, hello? But when it comes to the church, you don't just show up and say, I'm, 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 I just love the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll see you Easter and I'll see you Christmas, hello? I am in community, I feel it, you know what I'm saying? No, you're for it, you've gotta be with it. Pastor, you're meddling. I'm just trying to help you out that the greatest part of community is who you are connected to. The hardest part of community is this. It's always about people. Man, not the hardest part of community, people. Why? Because people are messy. Because people have opinions. Because people like, I mean, they have issues. How many have issues sometimes with, with people in your family? Hello, wave at me. You're like, how many have drama sometimes? You're like, I get together with family and friends and sometimes it is drama from whatever, you know what I'm saying? You're like, what, what is that? That's called drama that's just that's just that's just the hard part of community but you got to look beyond it and realize wait a minute we're all on a journey we're all going towards Jesus and what's in me can make a difference in them so maybe they didn't mean everything that they said sometimes people will come to a to a, to a, to a relationship and they'll just vent and everything that's in them will come out of them and sometimes you got to wait till everything gets out so that you can put something in let me say that again sometimes you got to wait till everything gets out it's almost like I ain't got time for all that I'm here to tell you, sometimes you just got to have time. We live in a society that, is, that, that feeds isolation, that breeds isolation. And the enemy loves our society because it alienates people that are part of faith and tries to convince them that, oh, you're a part of it, but it's not meant to be a part of it. It's supposed to be a fabric that's woven deep down inside your soul that you could never separate yourself from. That's called community. So when it comes to a circle, what do I need? Man, I need... I need meaningful relationship. I need someone that I can sit down and, and do life with and they can look at my life and, and I can share and they'll go, you know, maybe like what the one person said, maybe, uh, maybe that what they said isn't, maybe you're looking at it a different way. Maybe you're looking at it the wrong way and then you think, wow, that was extremely helpful. What happens after that? I grow in my faith. Why? Because I'm consistent in relationship. Uh, what do I need in a circle? I think that another thing you've got to realize, here's what you need. Circles are all about what you have in common. It's what you have in common. Some of you in the room look at me and you're like, say, I see that young adult playing volleyball. I don't have that in common. I'm not doing that. That's not me. Guess what? We got a circle for you, hello? We got a place for you. Why? Because we believe that, that there's a place for everyone. We believe that when we live inside of community that we are much better, but we've got to look at what we have in common. When you look at these, these disciples, here's, here's the thing you got to realize. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says they, developed, they, they devoted themselves, yes, to the apostles' teaching, but also to fellowship. The word fellowship there is this. It's the word koinia. That word fellowship means this, community, communion, joint participation, sharing in common, partnership. It's the simple word fellowship. It's not this hall that we have in a church and we call the, we used to call the fellowship hall because that's where we ate food. Now we eat food everywhere, hello? We eat it in the building, outside the building, around the building, all over the building, why? Because we believe that the greatest part of fellowship is food. How many's with me? Come on now. I'm telling you, you go back there, there's so many sweets, there's so many treats, there's so many, there's cupcakes back there, all kinds. You get one, join the community. What are you saying, pastor? What I realize is this, when it comes to fellowship, what I need, I don't need someone that, can, that, that, just, believes, that just believes for me. I need someone that'll believe with me. Because when you look at this, Peter was describing the simple fact that what they had in common is what helped them get through. What do we have in common? Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. What do we have in common? We have the Bible, and the Bible is God's word and it's God's guide and we can find direction in it. What do we have in common? This is what we have in common, the big one. The struggles of life. Sometimes we fail to remember that they were struggling just like we were in their life and we need what? We need someone that has that in common that can do life with us and do what? And their faith can do what? energize our faith so that we can just keep going forward. If you listen to your pastor in a personal way, sometimes they go, how you doing? And they'll say, I'm just moving forward. And I always tell them, keep moving forward. Don't sit down, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Why? Because it's my faith. I want to do it. I want to encourage people around me to keep moving forward. And when I'm in relationship with somebody, it's when I'm going through something, I need someone that'll stand with there with me and say, I'm going to believe with you. I'm gonna pray with you. I'm gonna tie my faith to you, and guess what? I'm gonna speak life into that thing. You are gonna make it. It's gonna be better than you can ever imagine. You don't know what the end is, but guess what? I'm with you, I'm with you. Who's gonna be with somebody? Come on now. So if, if Peter was saying that, that they, they, they devoted themselves to fellowship, then we've gotta realize that one of the greatest parts of, of the fellowship that we have is how we can encourage one another with our faith. The moment that we use our faith in the context of community, it strengthens somebody else's faith. Sometimes we, we feel this as a church, as a, as a historical church, sometimes we feel like my faith grows in rows. My faith grows as I get fed. I've heard people tell me, I, I just need to be fed, pastor. I just need to be fed. I'm like, there's a Bible and there's 66 books. Go home and devour that baby. Then look on the U version and get in a devotional plan and let God speak to you. And you can grow in that. Yes, you grow in faith here, but there's something happens when you take your faith outside of the row and you put it in a circle and you sit around other people with faith and God uses what he puts inside of you. To do what? To help their faith. Because our faith grows in community. What happened? They 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Why? because what they saw was real. And then what did they do? They started eating together. Hello? And that's an awesome thing. They started hanging out together. They were devoted to certain things. And one thing that they were devoted to was fellowship, and it was their devotion that increased their faith, but encouraged the faith around them. See, we need to understand what we need is simple. What we need is somebody just simply to stand with us and believe with us 
even when life is hard, even when life is not easy. Shake your head if you understand that sometimes life is not easy. Life hands us things that we don't like, we don't even appreciate. We would just love to evict from our world, but you know something? When we have people around us, we can handle it a whole lot better. When we have somebody with us, we can walk through it a whole lot better. When we understand that he is in us, then what? Guess what? I can make it. How many believe you're gonna make it today? Come on, put your hands together. So it's a circle. What do I need in a circle? I need meaningful relationship. I need someone that'll believe with me. I also need, I need to, you know, a circle can see where I need help. If you look in verse 44, it says this, that they did something interesting. All the believers were together. Can you say together? And everything, and, and had everything in common. That means they had, they, they understood everything about each other because they were together. When you are together with somebody, here's what you discover. You discover what they need. It's one of the most obvious things because, because it's very hard to, to, to hide your emotions when you're in a group. It's very hard to hide your feelings when you feel lonely. It's very hard to hide your feelings when you're talking about hurt and, and those things come out. It's, it's very hard to, to, to sit there and say, I'm gonna handle this on my own when I realize, wait a minute, when I'm in the midst of a, of a, of a community, when I'm in, in the midst of fellowship, what happens is they can see where I need help. How many know sometimes we need help? Wave at me if you understand where I need help. See, I, I, there's, a, there's a gentleman in our church that, um, that serves in our church that very few people, I mean, they see him and they don't really know everything that he does, but he's completely behind the scenes in a lot of ways. And I watch him and I'm watching his faith grow in a huge way. And the reason why his faith is growing is because he's in community, he's in a group. He's with a group of men and they're encouraging him. And, he, and, and he's made comments before that, that, that are based on the group, that are based on their influence in his life, based on the relationship they have. And they know what he needs. But in the midst of the holiday season, this guy, I've seen him wrapping gifts or doing different things. And I'm like, man, what are you doing? He says, you know, I really don't have a whole lot, but you know something? I'm gonna take what I have and I'm gonna help this lady that I saw online because her kids need Christmas more than I do. And I sat there and, I, and I, it sunk in my heart. That the whole reason why he saw the need is because he was in a relationship with other men. The whole reason why he saw that is because he realized that it was his, the community that it was in that caused him to be generous.